Today's podcast is brought to you by Awichelada, the first and only non-tomato-based michelada spinoff on the market. You can find them at select beverage centers. They also got cups and candy. It's like aguachile and michelada mix all together. Don't ask what it is. Ask where you can get it. Follow them at Awichelada on Instagram, Facebook, and on their website to see the store locations. On today's podcast, we bring on Aaron Valdez, local boy from Whittier, California, man. Uh, it was cool chopping it up with him. You know, he had his his journey from, from Cali to Hawaii, overseas in Lithuania, Israel, eventually uh, finds a spot in the Mexican Pro Leagues with the Mexicali Soles, won a championship there, plays for the Mexican national team, man. It was it was good to bring this guy on, man. It was, it was definitely a good conversation. We're definitely going to keep an eye out for him as he continues his pro career. This guy is uh, definitely a cool dude. Appreciate you for coming on to the pod. Take a listen. Thank you for rocking with us. Yeah. You have just tuned in to the Shoot the Rock podcast. Who they rocking with, yo? Who they rocking with? That's right. What up and welcome back to the pod. I'm your host, Robert Zaragoza, a.k.a. The Commish, a.k.a. Big Z, a.k.a. Coach Z, a.k.a. So Big It's So Sweet, a.k.a. The Latino Bleacher Report. On today's podcast, we have an illustrious guest directly from Texas. Uh, he's calling us from out of Cali. We have a.k.a. Air Valdez, a.k.a. Air Mexico, a.k.a. the Pro Hooper, Mexican national team member, Aaron Valdez. Welcome to the podcast, bro. Appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, coming through. Um, yeah, you know, especially, um, you know, you're out in Texas, but you're you're a Whittier native, you know. You're, you're from around the area, so definitely wanted to get you on the pod. You know, I wanted to share your your basketball journey and your hoop journey. You're currently a pro player right now. So, um, you know, uh, we appreciate you for coming through. So we're at about a year, you know what I mean? That the pandemic's gone, gone on. Like, how's this year been for you? I mean, as far as like pro ball, maybe some personal stuff or whatever, how's, how's the year been treating you? Uh, it's actually been pretty good so far. Um, I actually just got engaged in, uh, congrats. My girlfriend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, I was actually out in Israel, uh, about five months in August till December, and I was playing in the Israeli league, uh, which is we saw a lot of good players out there actually. So um, I was very lucky to be able to go somewhere and play right away and make solid money out there. Kind of my thing. Yeah, and um, when you were out there, you were with uh, you were with Maccabi, right? Yeah, Maccabi High School. Okay, so is that the same one where, I mean, I don't know, I know a lot of your, your teammates on the national team are there, some of the guys like Paul Stoll's been down there, and Orlando Mendez. Yeah. So are, do they receive you, like, are they like, okay, another Mexican guy, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure those guys, um, I think Paul and, and, and Orlando had good good seasons over there. So, so how was that reception of you um, heading down over there and them knowing that you're from the Mexican leagues and the... The Mexican national team. How was that reception from that country? Uh, it was good. They uh, they treated me really well. My first got there and everything. Uh, the guys on the team were real cool. Uh, they they talked about Orlando and Paul and uh, Luke Martinez a lot. That's right. uh, how they're on the teams and stuff. So it was kind of cool to see uh, guys that I played with be on that team too and uh, helping that team success. But uh, it was kind of hard this season because 
uh, the team wasn't as good as they should have been, so it was kind of rough when I was out there. So where were you when when everything went down? Because you're already like on your grind, you know what I mean? You, I think you, you're probably one or two seasons in as a pro, and then everything shuts down. Like, you know, where did you find out? Like, when when your season was shut down, or where were you when this when the season shut down? Were you playing, or you were you back at home still? So we we just finished the LMBT season, and I was with Mexicali Soles, and we just won the championship. And uh, I think things were starting to talk about coronavirus, but like nobody was really sure like what was happening. And then uh, two weeks later, me and my girlfriend, our fiance now, uh, go to Hawaii. And on our back, we get the news like, oh, taking everything down. Like everybody needs to start getting home. So we were kind of nervous and stuff. But I mean, hopefully, wouldn't have been a bad place to be stuck in. Yeah, Hawaii's not a bad place <laughs> to get stuck in. Uh, so that's where you played your your college ball, right? Yeah, go back and visit here and there. Okay. So had you had you visited Hawaii prior to you playing there, or was that why did you choose Hawaii? Because you played at um. You played at Lucerna uh, in Whittier, you know, and then how did you go from Lucerna and end up in Hawaii? So I was at Lucerna the four years, but I was playing basketball, but also playing water polo. So my full focus wasn't really on basketball at the time through my high school. Um, I was actually a, a very good water polo, All-American uh, player of the year. and all that. So I was getting a lot of attention towards water polo. So a lot of my attention was going to two sports, so I wasn't really to focus. But um, once I got done with Lucerne, I kind of, or my last year at Lucerne, I kind of realized that basketball was the route I wanted to go. So, but my, I didn't really have the best grades in high school, with all honesty, but I was able to go to prep school and uh, latch on to La Jolla Prep, which is in San Diego at the time. But I don't think they're up anymore. And um, in high school, I was playing power forward and center so I wasn't really able to show my guard skills which I was playing my whole life basically yeah. um, but I get to prep school and uh, these guys had me playing point guard they had me playing shooting guard so it was just a change of pace and I was kind of able to find my game and find the style of play that I could adapt to and stuff so it kind of helped me a lot and um, I started getting more looks out of prep school honestly Lucerne and I didn't really have any scholarships no, no teams really wanted to recruit me because of my grades but Going to prep school and taking that grad year really helped me get everything in order and get everything on track for myself. So, um, yeah, we were just playing games, and then I was able to play one more year of AAU. Um, the head coach at the time, Gib Arnold, uh, was recruiting a couple other kids on my team, but uh, I know one of the people was talking, my coach was talking to him, saying, this is the kid you want to take, so he was just taking a look at me. But at the time, my, I kind of wanted to go to UTEP, which had uh, Tim Floyd as a coach, I think. Uh, and I was ready to commit there, but they ended up taking some seven-foot kid from Kimley Prep at the time. So I kind of decommitted from them and then ended up uh, just waiting around, playing the AU circuit one more year. And then Holt came along and offered me. But uh, before that, I said I wanted to go to Hawaii when I was younger, but never really thought of it. And never visited there or anything. So the first I went to Hawaii was literally the first time going to school. Wow, that's crazy. So you went from an all-American water polo player. So I don't even know about water polo, you know what I'm saying? But how does how do you even get into Okay, so you're in Lucerne, is Lucerna like a big water polo school? Like how how good do you have to be in water polo? I mean, just to kind of transition the way. I'm like I'm like rewind. Wait a minute. This dude's all-American and then he just he just shuts it down. Like why why did you make that decision? That's crazy. I mean, that's cool, but it's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was really tough. I have a lot of love for that sport, and I still do. Um, it's probably something that I would love to coach when I'm older. But um, I was just, my oldest brother was playing, um, and I just remember watching him when I was younger going to his games. 
And they ended up going to CIF finals their senior year. And I remember that game and just watching it. I'm like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen because the fans are stacked. And it was just a very intense game and stuff. So I just remember those memories and told myself I wanted to play and kind of follow my brother's footsteps. So I just started getting into it a little bit. It wasn't too good. And then my sophomore year of high school, I kind of started taking off and developing more in that sport and becoming a pretty, a pretty good player. Um, pretty good, all American. I, I think that's pretty good. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Oh, um, and then so my after my sophomore year playing, I had a really good year. Got moved to varsity, um, made first football league, all that, and then was playing club water polo, uh, going to the junior Olympics and playing in big tournaments and stuff. And then my my club coach ends up asking me, "Hey, like we want to bring you to the junior national team. Like we have a spot for you, but you're gonna have to quit basketball." And that's when that's when everything kind of shifted to me towards basketball. More like I can't quit this sport because it's kind of something I've been playing since I was younger. So I just had too much love for basketball, so I just wanted to keep playing that. What are so what I are some what are the some of the similarities like for someone that that's never played water polo and how does basketball are are they similar or are they just like two completely different sports? It's, it's kind of different. Honestly. There are similarities like you can post ups, you can. Uh, all that stuff but it's just ways around it um i did i did learn a lot uh position wise like getting your own position and like the post or something like it helped me a lot going towards basketball and then one thing i don't think people realize um, this helped me with uh my athletic ability a lot because you're in the water for six hours a day almost just treading water and basically just getting strong with your legs and stuff so when i was able to come back to basketball the next season i was just Dunking everything, so it was kind of cool. Nice. So, did, were you were you a, a, always a high flyer, or was the the water polo kind of what, what set you off into to getting that strength in your legs? Because I mean, you know, I I looked at one 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 stat and it said you had a forty one inch vertical when you were at Hawaii. So, I mean, yeah. is, was well, it that, or, or was it higher than that? <laughs> I, it might have been higher at my like first years there because I was really I thought I was flying at the time too. Um, <laughs> But no, the water polo really helped a lot because you're just in the water treading. Um, we had Hell Week, and our Hell Week was tread water with a 10-pound weight above your head for an hour straight. Wow. And if you put in the water, you start the hour over. So we're doing stuff like that all day. Ooh. So it really helped me transition and have strong legs. And So I'd be playing basketball games. I wouldn't even be tired out there because I'm used to playing whole water polo games just swimming for an hour straight. Wow, that's nuts. That's nuts. So you end up if, at, at La Jolla Prep, and then, um, you know, they UTEP uh, gets another guy, and then how was your career at Hawaii? Because you only played three years there, um, and yeah. you you guys had a really good uh, your your final year there. You guys made the NCAA tournament, and tell me a little bit about your experience in Hawaii and how that was, and you know what I mean, how, how your season went. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii was amazing. I loved it. Uh, I've lived there when I started down. Honestly, that's one of the places I call home. Um, the people there were amazing. Just. The moment you get off the plane, you just feel the family, the Ohana vibe of it and everything. So it's really awesome. But my first year, I ended up redshirting. Our coach was Gib Arnold at the time. So we had a permanently older squad. Um, did you did you go in? Did you go in? I'm sorry. Uh, did you go in as a as a redshirt? Did you know you were gonna redshirt? Like they were like, come uh, in and you're gonna redshirt, or did like something happen where they were like, you have to redshirt? So we had a, I, I think I had a good idea because the NCAA didn't clear me in time. Mm. And then part of the deal was I would come in my first two years 
um, if I get, I didn't come in with a scholarship at first. So my first year, I had to get above a 2.5 to get the scholarship for my last two years. Mm, nice. So um, my first year was good. I registered, learned a lot. Um, had one of my good friends, good teammates, Keith Chamber from the team that was pretty with me because he transferred from San Jose State. So uh, he kind of helped bring me along and show me the ropes of the collegiate level and stuff. So I think him um, kind of guide me and stuff, helped me a lot. And so my sophomore year, um, I finally redshirts off. I'm able to play now. Scheme of the season, uh, jump ball, I'm starting, I'm on the bench, but jump ball goes up. Our starting three man, uh, a guy on the other team falls into his knee and ends up uh, spraining his knee. Like, not even joking, five seconds into the game. And then my coach goes, Aaron, you're, or Valdez, you're in. And I'm just like, not paying time. I'm like, what? And like, because I didn't even see what happened. And so, first collegiate game, I'm in within five seconds. So I had to learn quick and um, ended up starting the next couple of games. So it was a good learning experience. My first year, definitely just being thrown into the fire. And how, how, how was the prep work before that? I mean, I'm a, it sounds like you weren't even ready to play. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, it's going to take me a couple of while to warm up. But were, did you feel like you were ready? Like, I mean, or, or how long did it take you to feel like comfortable on the floor? You know what I mean? It was pretty quick. Um, I'm pretty sure I got like a couple, like a steal or two the first couple minutes I was there. So um, if you could just get involved in the game early, that was my thing. Like, I just wanted to be involved early, whatever I could do, defense, offense. So I could just like eat into the uh, transition of the collegiate game. So I think it happened a lot, just getting a steal real quick and then just having the ball in your hands and being ready to play. Nice, nice. And so you guys, um, your, your your junior year, you guys ended up making the NCAA tournament and you guys made Hawaii uh, history, right? You guys, um, yeah. had, uh, what was that history and who was the team you guys played against and how was that experience playing in the tourney? Uh, it was good. So we ended up, we returned basically everybody from the year before with a different coach. Our assistant coach that took over because Gibb got fired a week before season before that, my sophomore year. And um, after he got fired, that took over. We had basically all sophomores, freshmen, and one June, one senior. So we knew the next year was going to be our year too. But we ended up in a conference, uh, Big West Finals, my sophomore year, which was like a big step for us forward. Um, we're about like two possessions away from going to the tournament and playing Ligo, which would have been awesome. But um, the next year we get a new coach in Iran Ganat from St. Mary's who uh, came in, didn't really want to change much, just wanted to add more to our game kind of and just help us see more on the floor with each other because he knew we had a good returning group back. So uh, we had a good season. We had win, lost two games, all Big West, um, won the Big West tournament and Lost to the only team, Long Beach State, that beat us twice that whole year. Um, ended up going to the tournament to play Cal Berkeley first round in Spokane, which was just an awesome experience because we were the first team uh, since 2002, I think, to go to the tournament. So right there that we're doing something on the island for our school. Um, we ended up Cal Berkeley, and we ended up beating them first round, which is our first win in school's history, which is like an awesome feeling for us. Everybody was so excited. Um, but we knew, like, we wanted to keep going. We didn't want to just stop there. Uh, our next game was with Maryland, who was really tough at the time. Had, like, four, three NBA players on their team. So um, we're up most of the game, but then just kind of fell apart at the end. So it was tough, but it was just an awesome experience to just be there and see. You watch it on TV as a kid the whole your whole life almost. And then to actually be in that moment and have, their, have your friends and stuff text you, like, man, that's so awesome. So it was just a cool feeling. Yeah, and, and being on TV and, and 
ESPN uh, top ten sports center highlights. How many? How many of those you got? How many of those you got under your belt? Uh, <laughs> I think like uh, two or three, probably. Yeah, yeah. I was I was skimming through YouTube and I was like, wait. And you actually posted something yesterday from Half Court. Uh, that Half Court yeah. lab was ridiculous, bro. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put it somehow on, on my page and be like, this is ridiculous. You, you could know, definitely that see. Was my, that was one of my dunks for sure. Um, actually, the guy, my point guard, that threw it to me was my prep school point guard. So we had a connection right there. So it was pretty. It was cool. Man, and then and you know when you when you're in it, you're like, oh, this is cool. And then later on that night, it's on Sports Center on on repeat. Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure your phone was blowing up all, all day that day. Uh, yeah, it's an awesome feeling, without a doubt. Yeah. So so you're you're at Hawaii. Um, what what goes into the decision of, of you not returning for for your senior year? Because um, I I think from that point on, um, you know, you decided to to make the decision to to stop going to school and pursue your professional career was that what it was were you pursuing a professional uh, career it, it was that uh not per se like nba i was on the europe side but the whole thing was our school got suspended from the nba for the following season so we we had a stacked team we we had only two seniors i think on that team and everybody else was juniors mm-hmm. so we could have returned everybody and just been just as dominant i think the next year but um, but nothing. Yeah, but you, you would have had nothing to play for, right? You would have played your season, yeah. and then and then there's nothing exactly. at the end. Oh, that would have been tough. No Big West tournament, no NCAA tournament, and it just would have been rough for us. So I didn't want to really go through that again. And to me, I didn't want to go to another uh, school and start over, kind of for that one season when I had uh, such a good relationship with the school at, in Hawaii. There. Mm-hmm. So if I was to go back to school, I would have went back to Hawaii 100. But um, after, like, the tournament, Texas called, uh, St. John's called. So there are schools that had interest, but um, I was just kind of over the school aspect, and I was just frustrated with the whole NCAA thing. And the worst part was that next season, uh, a week before the Big West tournament, they lift the NCAA ban. So they ended up going to the Big West tournament, were able to play, and uh, it just hurt because I knew I could have stayed and helped that team. And it just wasn't really fair to the kids that um, – put in all the work that left oh man that's a tough but, one um, yeah so you know I just ended up just working out that summer and uh, went to Lithuania for a month ended up trading my ankle wasn't the best situation over there living situation at all so um, went home what is what does uh, what the Lithuania look like I mean uh, I mean I, I'm sure there's probably nobody listening to the podcast that's ever been in Lithuania so <laughs> how long is that flight like what does it look like passport wise like what is that experience like or what were you thinking you know what I mean like I'm going to Lithuania like really you know what I mean yeah so this, this is like my first experience flying to Europe so Lithuania was the first place so I'm just like okay well and, you're, and your 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 agent land, your agent landed you this job and he's like this is the place to go like or, or are you did you have other offers? You know what I mean? Why Lithuania? Uh, I guess this is the offer he got. Yeah. Uh, he had a coach over there and kind of helped uh, help me, but he didn't really help me when I was over there. So it was kind of a rough situation, but tried to make the best of it as much as I could. But it was kind of like the same thing in Israel. The team wasn't really that good. We are losing almost every game. So uh, it's almost better to get out of that situation and uh, move on. So... Um, Lithuania was just bad. I got to the apartment and they just put me in a attic in the hotel, like no water, no food. I'm just like, okay. After traveling for 20 hours, um, the next morning they still don't call me, no food. 
and then I get a text at like 2 p.m. saying you have a your physical. So I'm like, well, shit, okay, I guess I'll do this. Hopefully, it's just like you stand there and like they wait and stuff. But I get there, they take me to the track, they tie a sled. You know, like you push in the weight room. Okay. So they 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 strap that to your back, and you're basically running sprints on the track. This is 30 hours of being in Lithuania, no food, no water, really haven't done anything. So haven't really slept a lot and they're having you run and so I'm done they're like oh you had one of the worst uh, workout times I'm like well I haven't really ate or slept or anything so how is this my fault and so I think just from there it was just a bad start with that team yeah, but, um, a lot of the a lot of the guys that that are on these podcasts, you know, sometimes I'm sure you've heard heard horror stories, and I mean, I guess it oh, yeah. it, it happen it happens in Lithuania, it happens in Mexico, you know what I mean? I've I've yeah. I coached a little bit uh, during my time in in Mexico, and I, I swear I don't think I ever moved into a place in Mexico where there was hot water for <laughs> at least three days, bro. So everyone knows that experience. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. So um, I just got out of that situation and just left, so I was happy to be done with that. Um, so I ended up hurting my ankle over there and then they didn't want to give me crutches or anything because they said we only give crutches if your leg's broken. So they had, they had me walking to a mile to practice and a mile back every day for about a week extra. And then I get home and I ended up breaking like a piece of my ankle, side my ankle. So that didn't help a lot. So I was out for a couple months. This is all my first year out of college too. So not, not a good experience so far with the pro ranks. And then you you ended up, um, so from Lithuania, did you, how how did you end up in Mexico? Because I think, um, I mean, hopefully that was a little bit better experience um, for you. (laughs) How did you end up in, how did you end up in Mexicali or were you at the national team first? So I was with, I went to New Zealand after Lithuania for about a month, but then they they cut me because they had, I was the only import, but you're allowed to. But they go. They told me that they wanted to win the championship with only New Zealand players on their team and be the first team to do that. So I guess I was the odd man out until they ended up cutting me. So. So you had a good. You, that, that that team was good in Lithuania. I mean, in New Zealand. Uh, in New Zealand, yeah, they ended up winning the championship that year. Oh shit! They so they so they brought you on to do all the heavy lifting, and they're like, "All right, cool." And then they just kind of cut you loose right before the playoffs or something. Uh, like right before the season, I didn't get to stay. Uh, oh. for, I played like three games and then they cut me. Oh wow! So I was—I I didn't think I was playing bad, but I guess so. Was, so was uh, that at the at the at that point? What were you thinking? Like, fuck! I'm what am I? What did I do? I'm I'm playing pro. I keep getting cut. I get injured. Like, what's going? What's yeah. going on through? What's going on through your mind right there at that time? Are you looking to uh, go to do a nine to five? <laughs> um, yeah, it was rough for me. Uh, just being like knocked down a couple times and after having like a good run at Hawaii and stuff, it, it was definitely uh, mind changing and life changing to like experience those things. So I just uh, ended up working with my cousin for about a couple months because I had, had to make some money somehow. Um, was still working out though, just waiting, waiting because I knew other seasons were going on. So I thought I have to wait for the next season window, kind of. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm just working at the time and then. Uh, one of my teammates from college, Keith Schamberger, texted me and said, hey, uh, do you want to play in the Drew League? Uh, I got a team with Baron Davis and we need an extra wing. So I'm just like, hey, for sure. Like, I just want to play in some games and get some running because I haven't played like meaningful minutes in a while. So he ends up getting me. I actually go on, I hit, uh, I don't know if you know Jose Estrada. Mm-hmm. But me and him played AU together uh, with George Zidane. Yeah, yeah, he played on uh, at Cantwell. Cantwell, uh, really close. We're really good friends. Um, so yeah, I ended up messaging him to see how he was and stuff. And then he's like, "Hey, uh, 
this coach has been trying to get a hold of you for some time. Uh, you should hit him up. And it was Yvonne Denise, the coach from Mexicali. Um, and my message being from like my senior year of college. So it's been like two years almost. And this messages have been there like trying to get a hold of me. But I don't go on Facebook. So I message him like, hey, I'm not playing anywhere, but I'm playing in the Drew League. If you come down and see me uh, and stuff. So I guess he came to scout me. And that ended up being like one of my best games in the Drew League. I got like player of the game that day. Had like 18 and 10. So he ended up wanting to, he wanted me to bring me along to Mexicali and work out for them and try out basically. So that summer I ended up going to Mexicali, working out. Um, they didn't tell me I was working out. They told me I was on the team, but really I was trying out. So. <laughs> That, that's the Mexico way, you know what I mean? Like, come on oh, in, we, yeah. we got you. <laughs> Definitely. So I was doing good enough where they wanted to keep me. Um, got my passport situated and everything. So I ended up uh, getting to play my first year of actual professional football, which was big for me. Um, but that first year was so much fun. Uh, we had a really good team. We had Eugene Phelps, who was MVP of the league that year. Orlando Mendez, uh, Lorenzo Mata, Luke Martinez. So, so we had a really stacked team. Uh, John Flowers, from so I was I had adventures on my team, so I was able to learn quick from them and pick up a lot of stuff from a lot of good players. So I think that picture being that first real year of playing professional basketball really helped me a lot. Uh, being in Mexico, championship that year. And that's a, that's a good uh, a good uh, amount of players that you're playing behind guys that are experienced guys that are played pro in Mexico like guys that have actually like you're like oh you've been playing pro for nine years in Mexico and you don't just get fired for, you know for having a bad ankle you know what I mean they take care of you yeah I, I coached Orlando for a little bit okay cool yeah yeah Orlando is cool I, I coached him his um, his rookie year when he was in Jalapa and that dude is. Okay. Uh, you know, definitely one of my favorite uh, guards. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. he, he's, definitely. I always say his head's on a swivel, and you know what I mean. This guy is gritty, and and he's got high basketball IQ. So definitely, you know, watching him and being a teammate of his, I'm sure you you were a recipient of a couple of nice little passes from that guy. Oh yeah, definitely. He's definitely one of the smartest players I've ever played with in this game. So I was definitely lucky, and then. Getting to play with someone like Mata, who you who you watched since I was growing up at UCLA, so to be on his team and win the championship with him was just cool and like have a bond with him. And then he ended up going to the same high school my dad went to, but my dad was older. But it's still cool because my dad's a fan too. So, so as a, as you know, as a youngster, you you saw him making his run at UCLA and all that stuff, and that, that's cool. And a, a funny little thing about Jose Estrada, um, I coached, I had an opportunity to coach against him in the Ciba Copa when he was a juvenil. So in the Ciba Copa, okay. I don't know if they still got that rule where it's like if you're under like 21, you could you can play on the team or whatever. So it was funny. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because um, Jose Estrada, you know what I mean? I remember him. He was playing, I want to say he was playing at Guaymas or something. And I saw him and he was one of the juveniles and he was one of the better um, juveniles in that division. And I was like, damn, this fool's fucking tough. I stopped playing coaching. I'm back in L.A. And then I see him as a high schooler. And I'm like, wait a minute, bro. You were just playing. You were playing pro ball. And now you're a junior in high school, dog. Ain't no way. And this guy was such a fucking bully, bro. He was such a bully yeah, in high school. Third point games every day. Oh, yeah, he was a fucking out there. Oh, that guy, that guy was, I, I just, I would laugh because I was like, these these little high school kids have no idea. I mean, in the Sipa <laughs> Copa is a grind, you know what I mean? It's like four games yeah, a week, yeah. you know what I mean? This dude's like 
15 years old playing against grown ass men. I was like, oh no, these kids have no chance, and they made a they they made a sick run out with uh, with the coach yeah. down there. So yeah, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that's that's funny. So so you win with Mexicali. Um, you you made it to the All Star team, right? Yeah, my first year, my first game. So I didn't get to play half the season my first year because they're waiting for the pass situation to pass. So I ended up getting passed like uh, two weeks before the All Star game. And so I'm able to play in my first game. And first game, uh, coach puts me in with like five minutes into the first quarter. And my first play, they just throw a lot, and I ended up dunking on somebody. And then ended up having like 15 my first professional real game. So that was a cool experience. And then literally that weekend, they're like, oh, uh, they chose you for the All-Star game. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they want you to play and like do the dunk on it. like, oh, cool. So it was pretty cool to get chosen for that after like only a week of playing. I mean, I'm sure it was a fresh breath there, you know, especially after the other experiences. So, so Mexico has been good to you, you know what I mean? I think, I think, uh, you know, you have some good experiences. Is that something that you're looking to, um, to do in the future? Because I know um, I spoke to Edgar Garibay. He was on the podcast last week, and he was out with the Mexican national team. Was that an option for you, or how, how does that work yeah. where, where you get that call? I think I was supposed to go to the last window, but something happened with because uh, I haven't played in any games for this American Cup qualifier. Mm. That they, they want to bring me along for this next window, which didn't make sense to me. But I don't know; it's up to them, really. I'm just waiting for the phone call. But I'm here if they need me. <laughs> okay, okay. But, um, so after my first year uh, uh, playing in Mexico, they brought me along to do the workout this when they did it. USA and somebody else but I was able to work out with them but we had like four Mexican American guys just in the rotation so you can only pick one for the team mm. so uh, Juan Toscano was there at the time and so was Luke Martinez so they already had a couple guys ahead but um, I was able to practice with everybody do the training camp and everything which was a lot of fun um, held my own and everything so I thought I did good enough to stay but just the whole paperwork thing didn't fall through okay okay so that I mean, you know, so hopefully we'll see you on the Mexican national team uh, coming up in the next couple of tournaments because I know I know they qualified and you know what I mean I mean obviously obviously the federation uh, in Mexico is a mess and you know what I mean there's there's not a lot of stability I mean I'm sure you've heard it from the beginning but that's cool man I mean you're re representing the colors of, of Mexico and a lot of the Latino kids are like you know listening to the podcast or, or you know some of the people that, that listen and like hey, this dude's from Whittier that's dope you know what I mean he played in Hawaii. He had a collegiate experience, you know what I mean. But you know, I I, I don't know if I, I'm gonna burst your bubble right now, dog. But I don't I don't think you're you're the best guy, uh, the best hooper out of Whittier, bro. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there's a there's a guy old school back in the day. I'm gonna bring him onto the podcast soon. I've been talking about Andy Oliveras. You ever heard of that guy? Yeah, man. Andy Oliveras was a uh, was a throwback guy. He's, he's older than me, um, but he definitely you know he played played professionally. I'll, I'll bring him on. I'm gonna share you the podcast. I'm gonna be like, hey, this is the goat from Whittier, man. So <laughs> I don't know. You have you have some big shoes to fill. Uh, you know, what I mean, he he I'm still, played. I'm still young. I still got a couple more. Years. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So it's you still. I mean, all the all the older OGs and be like, oh yeah, Andy old Andy Andy O is is the goat down there. So. 
Um, yeah, he played he played summer pro. Um, and, you know, he, he played a, in a couple little NBA training camps. He was from Whittier. Um, he played at Whittier High School. He played at SC. I think he went to Cypress College, stuff like that. So he's a local guy too, you know what I mean? But I just, you know, just throwing that little jab out there for you, you know what I mean? So that way you can be like, you're like, wait a minute, I, who else is out here in Whittier that, that, that can hoop, you know? But yeah, uh, I'm just playing. But yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, um, so so what are your next steps right now? Like you're in Texas right now. You're with your fiance. You know what I mean? You're you you know you're hooking up those yeah, bomb ass um, breakfasts. You know what I mean? You have, you have a lot of good, a lot of family time. You know what I mean? So so what are the next yeah. steps for you as far as um, pro ball? What are what are you looking at? Um, I'm looking at Mexico for this next season just because the timing of it. I think all these other leagues are going to be ending. They start because I think they're going to start June or May. So all these other leagues are going to be done. So Mexico is going to be going on, just starting. So I'm probably going to be going back to LMVP unless my agent has another job for me. So I'm okay with that because I, I do enjoy playing in that league. Um, there's a lot of good players that I don't think people realize are in that league, which is a really cool thing. Um, so I'm excited to go back after not playing this past season and kind of going to Europe and learning some things um, and getting to play against uh, – also good competition out there so i think it's helped me a lot being out there for those five months for sure and, and being with an organization that's um that's mexicali and the solas and they're the top you know one of the top organizations in in mexico um you know um, and that's gonna compete. yeah you're always gonna compete you know what i mean we've 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 taken some um some teams from from LA. I've taken some All Star teams uh, down there, okay. and you know, um, Curdy's played down there. Charlie, Mike H, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, a couple other guys that maybe you know a little bit older than you. But you know, uh -huh. we, we took a couple of All Star teams, and, and you know, what I mean, to, for for grabbing a, a bunch of little Latinos and and putting them together and, and having a game. You know, what I mean, I, we were one bucket away from beating them in preseason. You know, but it's it's just one of those things where where it's good because uh, Solis definitely has an eye out in LA. And, you know what I mean with Lorenzo yeah, and all these other, yeah. you know they're 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 definitely an organization that that looks out for for people and and they they snatch them up you know they snatch up talent and they, and they got they you man yeah yeah they definitely well um, Aaron man uh, thank you for rocking with this man thank you for rocking with the podcast bro I know um, this is probably the, an introduction to a lot of people on who you are hopefully. You know what I mean? Uh, we wish you the best as you as you continue your pro career. Hopefully, eventually you you'll pass up uh, Andy O as as the goat. Uh, <laughs> nah, but but yeah, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate you 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 sharing your journey, and we're gonna keep an eye on you um, as far as like you know what you're doing and seeing you on the national team. You know, um, but I definitely appreciate your time, bro. Thank you, man. I, I very appreciate you having me on here. I love what you're doing with it and everything and been listening for a little bit, so thank you. Yeah, yeah, we out. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Yes, yes. You're now rocking with the best. Uh, come from the wood. Yes, you're now rocking with the best. Yeah, yeah, we out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, and then uh, I follow you on Twitter too, bro, and... I mean, okay. you know, Clippers, bro. Really? Like that's 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 what you're doing? Wait a minute. I was like, wait a, uh, like I, I'm looking at thinking. I'm like, oh man, this guy. You know what I mean? Like, so nah, I'm just playing. This shit. It no, must... I gotta stay loyal. I gotta stay loyal to them. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I I know a couple of them. So you seem like a like like a like a loyal dude. You know what I mean? I hope they do well. But if they face face against the Lakers, I'm you know I think I gotta go with my purple and gold, bro. You know. Oh, so. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Appreciate you for having me, bro.